I don't smell like something fishy going on in the world. Ah, ah, I don't smell like something fishy going on, going on, going on in the world. is ployelessness. So, my truth casts no shadows because it's so sunlight, hot pavements, wet with gauze fire. I want to go higher, beyond, beyond, before, when I was who I was, when the thought of what was wasn't what it has become, but a true representation of what it will be when it's done. Me, I want to be Affinity's cousin. Gay that nigga, scar up underneath his eye after relief for law, after he was dissing me while we was playing a dozen. Don't be fucking calling me stupid. Don't be talking about my moms. We're in the cycle of antipathy and the constellation is arms. But we be sitting on corners, sipping corrupted quarter waters, doing jumping jacks, jumping at the first chance to jump up and dance and shout and shake and show off, show off our pittance, pitting against Concentration, concentration, reparation, the constellation is arms. 41 shots aimed at the nearest star. Plunges peering the innards of who we are. Bullets piercing our resilient flesh, reinstilling that brilliant death that was felt on the Atlantic floor. Fuck am I here for? Huh? Fuck am I here for? Life, right? These rhymes get this dough. Liberty, <laughs> that must be that statue down in them buildings where they be getting that dough. The pursuit of ha- ha- the pursuit. Boy, look at that nigga run. And when he get caught, he can lie. Like Plymouth Rocks and Rushmore Mountains and Desperate Mountains. And, 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 ah! Desperate moments. And what you call Purple Mountain Majesties? Purple Mountain Majesty sounded me like strange fruit. Blood on the leaves and blood on the roof. Treat me nice, yo. If you want me to have your back. The BX. The great Craig Mums Grant. Rest in peace, King. Spoken Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With Poetic Black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh, my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We'll start from scratch, exploring new possibilities.
Welcome, welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions, and I'm your host, Poetic Black. Spoken Soul Family, what it do? Feels so good to be here today. I hope your day is going as good as mine. I feel good today. Welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. It's our Spotlight Tuesday. Spoken Soul Spotlight. Today, Spoken Soul Sessions is going to spotlight the great Craig Mums Grant. A legend in his own right. A poet that was so instrumental, so instrumental in me becoming a spoken word artist. I mean, this brother passed away and I really did take it hard. You know, this this definitely was a was a person who inspired me. I played the first piece. In the beginning, we're going to go over another one of his pieces later on in the show. But uh, I played the first piece from the brother. The ploy of ploylessness. And this was the piece that inspired me to be a spoken word artist. When I first started to write, I used to write poetry. I used to write my stuff and I would just keep it. Selected few people I would choose to read my work, but I was more of a writer than a performer. And a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, he he's the one who who kind of suggested that I should take, you know, try my hand in spoken word, actual performance artist being a performance artist and I was I was really skeptical about it but it wasn't until I saw an episode of Death Poets and this this was my first I wouldn't say my first introduction to mums but it was it was it was an introduction well me watching him on TV and seeing what he do You know, because he brings a lot of theater into his work, you know, and anybody that knows me as an artist, they know I try to do the same thing. I I, I try to bring a lot of theatrics into my poetry, just bringing different elements to to elevate the the message or to elevate the mood or the ambiance I'm trying to to create when I'm performing. And when I watched this brother Mums, when I watched him perform this piece the ploy of ploylessness and it was just so abstract that's what really caught my attention because i had been watching deaf poetry um russell simmons the deaf poetry uh uh joint that he did and and one of my favorite poets from that series was black ice you know, Black Ice, yeah, I, man, every time he performed, I was like, yeah, I want to see what he going to do. But Mums, Mums was always abstract. 
one thing that I noticed when when whenever I, I watched him perform, his his approach to the piece, he never came he never came like straight up. You had to listen. <clears throat> you really had to listen to the piece. You had to engage the piece in order to see where he was going. Like if you following the piece when you first hear it, you're like where's he going? You know, it's really abstract. It's coming from all different angles. But what I see and I interpret the piece as he performed it, the abstractness was it was it was it was the reality of the being that he was trying to convey to the people. You know, like when you look at you look at that performance. Now I urge you guys to go out there and it's on YouTube. You can go on YouTube, look up Mums and that and that poem. You can see him visually perform that poem. And it's so crazy the way he performs it. He comes at an angle where you like you're relating. He do a little beatbox. If you a hip hop head, you can relate to that. You know, he's not coming straight off with the piece. So now you're wanting to see where he's coming from. And that's the beauty about the theater being introduced into the poetry. That if you started with theatrics, your words haven't even begun yet, began yet, but the theatric it engages your audience in a way to make them want to know where you're going. And when he did that piece, as as the piece developed, as the piece began to you know, it's so many layers in that piece. You start to see where he was going from, where he was coming from. And what I really got from that piece, I just seen the reality of my people in this in this cycle that we're in. In this cycle that we're in. It's like it's like it it's a controlled environment. The day-to-day stuff that we do every day is on repeat. You know, and when I listened to the poem, how he said that one line, sitting on corners, sipping on corrupted corridor waters, you know, the, the to be relatable, like me growing up, that, that was one thing that we had, the quarter waters. You'll go to the store, get a quarter water. You know what I'm saying? It's a nostalgia that I, I remember from my childhood and the atmosphere that he created, the ambiance that he created for that poem. I felt right there. And then he began to put the emotion in there. He he began to, you know, lay down, lay down his gripes. Lay down his gripes. You know, and every time to this day, every time I hear that piece, every time I hear that piece, you know, since he has passed, you know, I can't help but cry. But you know, the the feeling like I gained so much from that piece each time I hear it, like the goosebumps I can see on my arms, just just speaking about it, just speaking about it, you know, and he was very instrumental in me pursuing theater and me pursuing the spoken, the art of spoken word. You know, I just I just really believe that he was set apart from a lot of artists. You know, everybody had their unique style. Everyone has their their unique take on the performance art, but in my in my humble opinion, man, Mums was one of the one of the best, man. He was one of the greats. The way he inspired, and how he inspired, the way he always came from an abstract 
point of view, but it always tied up at the end and you caught the message. Definitely a profound poet, man, a profound poet. Now, mums, mums, uh, he was, he wasn't just a poet. He was also an actor. He was a, you know what I'm saying? He was a, he was a pretty accomplished actor. You know, he played in a lot of different series. He played in, you know what I'm saying? A lot of different shows, but you can always see his roots of the theater in his work. And I always thought that was just so phenomenal. Him as an artist, the way he melded the two, the way he just meshed the two together, you know, it was just, it was always beautiful. So we're going to go and we're going to do a replay on that one. We're going to do a replay on that one. And we're going to break it down step by step. Spoken Soul Spotlight. Smell like something fishy going on in the world. Ah, ah, smell like something fishy going on, going on, going on in the world. Ah. The greatest ploy is ploylessness. So, my truth casts no shadows because it's so sunlight, hot pavements wet with gall fire. I want to go higher, beyond, beyond, before, when I was who I was, when the thought of what was wasn't what it has become, but a true representation of what it will be when it's done. Me, I want to be Affinity's cousin. Gave that thing a scar up underneath his eye after relief for law, after he was dissing me while we was playing a dozen. Who been fucking calling me stupid? Don't be talking about my moms. We're in the cycle of antipathy and the constellation is arms. But we be sitting on corners, sipping corrupted quarter waters, doing jumping jacks, jumping at the first chance to jump up and dance and shout and shake and show off, show off our pittance, pitting against preparation, concentration, reparation, the constellation is arms. The constellation 41 shots aimed at the nearest star. Plunges peering the innards of who we are. Bullets piercing our resilient flesh, reinstilling that brilliant death that was felt on the Atlantic floor. Fuck am I here for? That's it. That's the that's the that's the part. That's the part where that emotion. That I feel, man, when every time he 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 exclaim, the fuck am I here for? The emotion that he delivered with that, the way he delivered that, you know, you felt, you felt the anguish. You really feel, I mean, you really feel where he's coming from. Profound. Ah, fuck am I here for? Life. Right, these rhymes get this dough. Mm. 
Liberty. That must be that statue down there in buildings where they be getting that dough. The pursuit of the pursuit. Boy, look at that nigga run. And when he get caught, he can lie. Like Plymouth Rocks and Rushmore Mountains and Desperate Mountains. And, 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 ah, desperate moments. And what you call Purple Mountain Majesties? Purple Mountain Majesties sound to me like strange, strange fruit. fruit. Blood mm. on the leaves and blood, blood on, on the roots. roots. Treat me nice, yo. If you want me to have your back. back. I mean, wow, man. Wow. Profound. You feel that emotion. You feel that emotion with that piece. We're going to get into another one of his pieces a little bit later. But we're going to get into another one of his pieces. But he, uh, the, the, the next piece that we're going to do. The next piece. Please bear with me. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to cue it up. Yeah, we're going to do the truth. He got a piece called the truth part one and two. And we're going to listen to that. And we're going to um, maybe expound a, a little bit on that. But uh, but do you guys see what I mean? The emotion that he delivers with those pieces, with the piece, is just is just remarkable. And that's the that's the idea of what I got when I got into the spoken word realm. Any guys that know me who followed me since the beginning, when I first came on the scene, I will always say that I wanted to bring poetry to the forefront. The whole concept, I wanted, I wanted to elevate the art of spoken word to something greater. And this brother Mums, he was my number one soul inspiration. The way he always approached the piece, the way he approached it abstract, you know, and it always seemed like his pieces always seem unscripted, if that make any sense. You know, you have a piece when you hear a person perform a piece, you hear the mechanics in the piece, you hear the, you know, the redundancy in the piece, you know that the person has has spit the piece numerous times. So they really got a good command over the piece and it's it, it's scripted. You know that the person put time into it. One thing about Mums is that his pieces to me, they always felt unscripted. They always felt unscripted. As though he was putting it together right there. And it, and it was just his delivery. It went outside the norm of the average spoken word artist. You know, now as a spoken word artist, you know, you got your intro. You know how you're going to approach the microphone when you're getting on the stage. You know what I'm saying? You try to you try to conjure up that energy to deliver the piece. So it, it's, it's, it's certain rituals that spoken word artists do before they touch the stage. With mums. 
I just felt in his delivery, his delivery always felt unscripted, always felt spontaneous, always went with, with, with the emotion that was felt. So you always felt it the way it was written, if that make any sense at all. I just thought that was always profound the way he approaches pieces. You know, it seemed like he's talking to the crowd, you know, he may stutter on a word or two or whatever the case may be, but that's all a part of the piece. And the way he's delivered is always is for me, you know what I mean? As a love of this this art form, when I watch him, I just see the volumes of work he put into his craft. The volumes and volumes of work he put into his craft. You know, and this is the whole idea of spoken soul sessions is to pay homage to the spoken word artist. You know, hit me up at spoken soul sessions at gmail.com. Let me know how that piece made you feel. You know, let me know how that piece made you feel. If you went, if you go listen to the piece after this show, go listen to it, you know, and and how it makes you feel. Just, you know, ponder that, you know, and hit me up with a comment, you know, and and go and listen to some more of his work. And you can see what I'm talking about as you go from piece to piece, piece to piece. The, the, the raw authentic or the authenticity, authenticity of his, you know what I mean, of his of his delivery was always spot on. Always spot on. So we're gonna get a, a word from one of our sponsors real quick. And then we'll come right back. I'll cue up the other poem, the truth. And we'll talk about that. Hello, this is William S. Peters, Sr., a.k.a. Just Bill from Inner Child Press International. First, I must say we at Inner Child Press are proud to support my brother, Daniel Green, a.k.a. Poetic Black, and his prolific embracing and informative program, Spoken Soul Sessions. As a publisher and now sponsor of the work Poetic Black does, we at Inner Child Press International offer to you, his listeners and all spoken word artists, writers, and poets, a 10% discount on all of our publishing packages and services. Please mention code Spoken Soul to take advantage of this offer while it lasts. You can contact us at InTouch at InnerChildPress.com, and we hope to see your words in print very soon. We are InnerChild Press International, building bridges of cultural understanding. That's www.InnerChildPress.com. Thank you. All right, coming back. Let's cue this piece up by our brother Mums. Um, so that leads me to the truth and the truth, the truth is the blueprint to all of what my retina captures. It keeps me peaceful inside raptures while I'm trying to enjoy the rain. I'm trying to find pleasure in pain. I'm trying to peer deep down into the darkness to understand the nothing that created something so I can settle suffering in my seeking of the finest fruit. My man Saul said to me, he said, think about it like this, mums. Time is loot. Time is loot. Well, then my mind must be a letter in the universe, and the universe must be alphabet soup. But somebody keeps stirring and stirring 
and the truth in my chest keeps burning and burning, but don't ask me any questions because unexplainable truth sometimes it sound like lies. And untruth is visible to your eyes. If you know what you're looking for, you say, I know it if I see it. I flow through it if I could be it. Dust it off, keep it clean, hold it close, keep it for self, learn its slang, keep it black, sharpen its edges, and keep it real. But that's not truth. Truth is the trans-universal thread weaved in the fabric of what is and what is not. While mm. real changes, real don't link strangers, real just tells you what other people did. Real makes you fear hell like a forever bid. But truth, truth is the place where heaven and hell lay their head to rest. Where the earth go to get shit off its chest. In front of truth, people want to wear their Sunday's best. But it don't matter because truth will always see your Wednesday's worst. When you're dying of thirst for affection, truth will be your resurrection and your destruction. Your Gatorade and your lethal injection. Your lemonade and your poisonous infection. And you're going to love it. And you're going to hate it, and you're going to want it, and you're going to fear it. But when you attain it, woo, you'll be able to weather all storms, survive all sunshine. And yeah, you'll try and explain it to a nurse who's just trying to give you your medication. And to her, it'll sound like the same old absent-mindedness, the same old out-of-timelessness. But in a second's worth of that lifetime, the truth will swoop down over your bed and explain mm. to you, hey, the world is too serious. Love Love, <laughs> love is too mysterious. And time, time is taking too much of itself to make you understand you. What you should have did was understand me. Now understand this, the truth. <laughs> and how easy it's going to beep, 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 beep. Fire. 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 This is, I mean, if you guys, <laughs> if you guys listen to that piece right there, man, you see how his approach was, it was so abstract. It was so abstract when he came, the way he came. But as the piece developed, as he kept on, as the piece developed, you see where he was going. Truth. That's a profound poem. Profound piece. Because a lot of times, you know, what I got from that piece was the reality of life is death. The reality of life is death. So it's like, you know, we do our, we, every day, we do our everyday ones and twos, you know, we get into habits, you know, as human beings, we, we are very habitual. We know we find what we like. We create our, you know, the method to our madness and we go on repeat. So in this redundancy, this, you know, this constant, you know, get up, make coffee, go to work, eat lunch, come home. You know, it becomes redundant. And then and then doing this every day sometimes we tend to miss that reality. I love the way he correlated it to the individual who is old. 
because you know people have their perceptions of you outside of you you still you still in your mind as we get older certain truths become more apparent to us you know i'm not the same i was when i was 20 you know that when i was 15 to, to till i was 25 to 35 and so forth and so on my thinking changed i didn't think the same way so when you get older you know you collect all of these different evidences you collect all these different truths and the older you get they began to start making more and more sense to you but the irony of it all is that the older you get the more it seems like you're losing your mind so he said to the nurse like you coming to the conclusion of this truth but the the nurse think it's the same absent-mindedness oh he he got dementia he you know what i'm saying he don't know what he's saying he don't know what he's what he's talking about but we don't know we really don't know the mindset of the individual when they get to that old age if if we're blessed and we're fortunate enough to get there we'll experience it that your mindset what are you thinking about because to the outside world the perception of everyone else they look at your age and they say oh he's getting old he's losing his mind he can't he can't remember nothing and but to you in your mind you're finding enlightenment things are coming together it may not seem like that but shit is coming together and the truth of it all is that it's not personal this is a road that we all must take and when I find poets that 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 really, you know, write poetry to make individuals think about their plight, make individuals think about the journey to come. The journey to come, you know, it's very humbling. It's very humbling. When I when I listen to poems like that or I read poems like that, it humbles me. It humbles me. Because we have a beginning We have an origin We know how we were When we came into the world You know The same way we came into the world We'll leave the world The same things you go through When you When you were a baby You revisit it But in a whole different perspective When you're When you're old You know A great A great friend of mine um, Mr. Written in Pain He did A poem called First Light And that poem phenomenal where he where he takes you through in fact is on the podcast episode in the art of storytelling you recite that poem and you guys go listen to that because in that poem he breaks down if you didn't catch it the first time he breaks down the the lifespan from beginning to end and how you notice the same things you visit when you when you when you're a baby you know you can't see <laughs> your face is all old and wrinkly hasn't developed so part of part of progressing is regression once you reach that apex it starts to decline so everything you everything you experience in the beginning of your life 
when you're young and there's so much promise, there's so much potential, you'll revisit that time in the end of your life when everything is exhausted. You know, when everything is exhausted, you you revisit that part of your of your life when you were a child. And when you really think about it, you really sit down and think about it, you could really, you know, it makes you, it, it just gives you a more humble state of mind. That's why I tell you guys, man, life while we're here, while we're here on this plane, we should be preparing for our next visit. We should be preparing for our next visit. Energy don't don't die. Energy is not destroyed. So a lot of times we look at we look at at this life as oh it's finality that's it is over that's it da 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 all done case closed i think it's more than that i think it's more than that and listening to spoken word like this it helps me it helps me put things into perspective it helps me put things into perspective of life and how he broke this how he broke this down when he started when he started uh we're gonna go let me cue it back up let me cue it back up in one second all right hold on okay here we go the nothing that created something so I can settle suffering in my seeking of the finest fruit. My man Saul said to me, he said, think about it like this, mums. Time is loot. Time is loot? Well, then my mind must be a letter in the universe and the universe must be alphabet soup. But somebody keeps stirring and stirring and the truth in my chest keeps burning and burning, but don't ask me any questions because unexplainable truth sometimes it sound like lies. And on the truth is visible. That it's profound. Sometimes the unexplainable truth sounds like lies. Sometimes the unexplainable truth sounds like lies. And when you really think about it, you know, because we, we like, like I said, we fall into habit. We fall into habit. That's why life, knowledge, knowledge is so vast. So when you look at a person that thinks they, they know everything, you know how little they know because life is vast and knowledge is so vast. It takes lifetimes, lifetimes to, to when I say times, lifetimes to get this thing right. So when you think you got it all figured out, oh, oh, this is what it is. It's this, it's this, it's that, you know, you see, you see a lot of times, sometimes we get dogmatic. We get dogmatic in our beliefs and we feel, and there's a sense of, there's a sense of arrogance also because we feel that we got it right and everyone else got it wrong. When I was younger, 
I tell you guys, this is no lie. When I was younger, I was really religious when I was younger. I was very studious also. But I used to I used to uh debate. I would like to say, maybe debate, yeah, debate. I would debate people about their religions, their beliefs, you know what I mean? Like if I'm dealing with this belief, I would debate the the belief I just left and like, oh, like when I was when I was dealing with Islam, I mean when I was dealing with Christianity, you know what I'm saying? And then I I I I transferred over to Islam and when I became Muslim, I would go to the Christians. When I, this when I was young, I would go to the Christians like, oh look, I would show them everything in their book. Oh look, right here in this book. Nah, this is wrong because da 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 da. And it was this one brother. It was this Christian brother, and me and him used to stay going at it. I mean, we used to have fiery debates. He's trying to convince me that Jesus died for my sins. I'm trying to convince him that. God ain't got no children and and we going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But he was my senior. He was he was much older than me, but he used to admire the way I, I would be so studious. But we would just go back and forth with the religion. I'm dogmatic in Islam. He's dogmatic in Christianity and we would clash. But reflecting back and looking back at those times, at those debates, I realized that he had a lot of wisdom and at the time and at the point where he was at, that what made sense to him. And I couldn't understand that at that time in my, in my arrogant youth. Cause when, when you're young, you, you tend to be arrogant. You popping, you strong. Who don't want to be arrogant when they strong? When you know what I'm saying? Your muscles are the biggest, you know, you, you can run the fastest, you know, you can do all these things. You, you're the most agile at, at, your, at your youth. So you, it comes with a bit of arrogance. And a lot of times, you know, it translates into our everyday being. It goes into religion. It goes into our political beliefs. It goes into everything. We get this, this arrogance about us like, oh, I can't be wrong. I studied this. You can't tell me nothing. Da, 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 da. But the older I got, the more I knew that I didn't know anything. And, and the more I knew that my studies has, has just begun. And it's like, wow. Like just when you think you got, you got, you you got it all figured out. Something comes and life shows you. No, <laughs> look at this aspect. That's why we got to be, you know, in our resolve in knowledge and knowing things and understanding things. We got to be able to transition. Don't get stuck because knowledge is about keep moving forward. It's not about staying in one place and saying that I found it. I got it because you don't know what's up the road. You don't know what's up over the bend or you don't know what's at the apex. You just know what you see now. And you're so, you're so passionate about it. You know, you're so passionate. Oh, you know everything, you know, but life teaches you wisdom. Life teaches you wisdom and knowledge, knowledge. The more, you know, the more you should be able, you should be more equipped you should be more equipped to to face life's challenges as opposed to faltering. You should be more equipped to face life challenges. But a lot of times we get stuck. 
we only know one thing. We find ourselves, we because it, it's, 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 it's habit. You know, you find something that tastes good and you get engulfed in it. Like when you find a new, a new, a new food that you like, you never tried before. You, you, you wind up eating it all the time. Like, oh, I got to get some more of this. I got to get some more of this. I got to get some more, you know, until you get tired of it. So in your mind, when you first start tasting it, nothing can beat it. Yo, this is the best thing I ever tasted. Da, 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 da. But as you live longer, eventually your palate is going to crave for something more. And true seekers of knowledge understand this. True seekers of knowledge. And what he's talking about is that truth, that pure, unadulterated truth. It ain't going to, it's not going to, it's not going to rub your ego. It's not going to stroke your ego. It's not going to tell you, oh, you look beautiful when you don't. The truth is not going to tell you you look skinny when you're fat. It's not going to, you know what I'm saying? The truth is going to be the truth. It's nonpartisan. It ain't got no skin in the game. It's just what it is. And, and a lot of times we try to manipulate, we try to manipulate the truth. We try to, we try to twist it and fashion it and, and mold it into something that we want it to be. But I said in a poem one time, I said, there's many shades of a lie, but one truth. There's many shades of a lie, but one truth. Truth will be truth. There's no getting around it. I'll tell you guys a quick story before we play the um before we play um the rest of the poem. All right. Truth and falsehood went down to the river. Truth and falsehood went down to the river and they went down to get in the to get in the, the river and take a swim. So while truth was in the river, swimming around, having a great time, falsehood came out of the water, put on truth clothes and said, I'm out of here. And went back to the town and told everybody, I'm the truth. Now he got truth clothes on. So truth get out of the, he get out of the the river and he's like, hey, hey, where's my clothes? He's looking for his clothes. He doesn't see him, but he sees falsehood's clothes. He sees falsehood clothes, but he said, I'm not putting that on. So he goes to the town and he tells the people, he said, look, I'm the naked truth. And they wouldn't believe him. <laughs> Let's get back to the poll. To your eyes, if you know what you're looking for, you say, I know it if I see it. I flow through it if I could be it, dust it off, keep it clean, hold it close, keep it for self, learn its slang, keep it black, sharpen its edges, and keep it real. But that's not truth. Truth is the trans-universal thread weaved in the fabric of what is and what is not, while real changes. Mm. Real don't link strangers. Real just tells you what other people did. Mm. Real makes you fear hell like a forever bid, but truth, truth is the place where heaven and hell lay their head to rest, where the earth go to get shit off its chest. Mm. In front of truth, people want to wear their Sunday's best, but it don't matter because truth will always see your Wednesday's worst. Mm. When you're dying of thirst for affection, truth will be your resurrection and your destruction, and your, your destruction. Gatorade and your lethal injection, mm. your lemonade and your poisonous infection. And you're going to love it and you're going to hate it and you're going to want it and you're going to fear it. But when you attain it, woo, you'll be able to weather all storms. 
survive all sunshine. And yeah, you try and explain it to a nurse who's just trying to give you your medication. And to her, it'll sound like the same old absent-mindedness, the same old out-of-timelessness. But in the second's worth of that lifetime, the truth will swoop down over your bed and explain to you, hey, the world is too serious. Love, love, <laughs> love is too mysterious. And time, time is taking too much of itself to make you understand you. What you should have did was understand me. Now understand this, the truth. <laughs> and how easy it's going to beep, 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 beep. Profound, 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 profound. You see that truth? See that truth? That's that truth, man. Definitely this brother was definitely a legend in his own right, man. And I know, I know he, he has inspired many, many, just like he has inspired me. A true griot, true orator, true, true artist. Profound man, profound poem, profound human being. And this is this is what spoken word is supposed to do. This is the beauty of spoken word. You see how words can inspire. And when you and like what's more greater than inspiration? To inspire you to be better. It's time for us to face our truth. It's time for us to face our truth. It's time for us to stop procrastinating. Understand that life itself is a journey. And do you wanna do you wanna traverse this journey doing the same thing? Sometimes I tell people, switch it up. Don't be a hater all your life. Don't have a negative approach about things because it matters. Your outlook on things will determine how things would affect you. I'm going to say that again. Your outlook on things will determine how things will affect you if you put a negative a negative kind of uh, uh, a negative outlook on everything you do you know that person we all got that person in our life that no matter what happens they look at it negatively they can hit the they can hit the lotto they can hit the lotto they can hit the lotto for $10,000 and they'll look at it like, damn, 
If I would have got one more number, I would have had $20,000. Instead of looking at the blessing itself and relishing that. I'm going to give you guys a jewel. This is something that I've learned from experience. Gratefulness. Gratitude. Being appreciative. Recognizing the blessing begets more blessings. It's a recipe. It's a recipe. The more you are appreciative and grateful for the blessings that's bestowed upon you, the more the universe will bless you with more. The more opportunities will open up for you. And that all goes back to the having a positive outlook. That's why I have they people tell you they say have positive energy. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. If you look at things more positively and not looking at things so negatively, anything that happened to you, look at it. Oh, nothing goes my way. When you're not appreciative and you can do a test, you can do a test. If you go out in on the street, you see a lot of different panhandlers. Where I'm at in Brooklyn, you see panhandlers. And you notice the people who, when you give them some money or whatever the case may be, and they're appreciative, don't it make you wish you can give them more? Or the next time you see them and you got something, you you you, you come out of your pocket again. It's certain individuals, it's certain individuals that when when I see them, I know them from traveling or whatever. If I'm traveling in the uh in the area and I see them and they down on their luck or whatever, and I got some change and I give it to them. But their attitude, their attitude always determine on whether I'm gonna go that extra mile to give them every time I see them. You dig what I'm saying? Cause you got you got you got some panhandlers who if you don't give them the right type of currency, they ain't trying to, you know what I'm saying? They're they, they gonna be very disrespectful. I seen one time a lady had had given this this panhandler some money, some change. She gave us some change from from the store. You know how you buy something and they give you a lot of change or whatever. So it was it was a nice little amount of change she gave her. So if you you break a dollar, you bought something for maybe twenty six cent, like your your purchase comes up to a dollar twenty six, and you give them two dollars, you got about like seventy something cent, approximately or exactly uh, seventy four cents, right? You got seventy four cents. So what she, so what this, what this panhandler did. The lady had gave her the money. She was asking when she went in the store, oh, can you give me some money? I'm trying to get a coffee, I'm whatever. So she come out of the store, she give her the change. So the lady took, that she looked at the change in her hand and she took out the pennies and threw them on the floor right in front of the woman and kept the, all the, it kept all the silver. So, the lady, she was like, what? Like, she couldn't believe it. Like, she was she was really insulted, as she should be. 
You know what I mean? But that that action in itself, that negative action, that negative energy, it cursed her from ever getting anything from that woman ever again. And you you panhandle in the area where she goes to work. So she's going to be there. She's going to see you on a day to day. At least five times a week, she'll see you if you're there. If she's working, you know what I'm saying? If she's working those days, five days, she's going to see you. She's going to see you. But you do that and you shoot yourself in the foot for any type of future blessings that can come your way. But that's just a small, minute example. We got so many different examples that if you display a positive, a positive outlook, you'll get positive results. You know, when 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 you doing good things, man, it's just the it's just a recipe. When you're doing good things and you're striving to be better, you're striving to be righteous. And when I say righteous, don't get it twisted. I'm talking about righteous. I'm not talking about religious. I'm talking about when you're striving to be righteous, to know what righteousness is, that you know what the right thing to do is. You know what the right thing to do and you do it. You know? You do it because it's coming from you Because that's the path you choose to walk on But if you got this outlook If you have a positive outlook in life In life Things will start to manifest itself for you Of positivity You know positive things will start to happen for you If you surround yourself around negative energy If you're always thinking negatively The universe is going to bring to you What you're yearning for it's going to bring you what you're yearning for. How many times have you wanted something and you worked hard to get it? You saved up your money. You said, I'm going to get it. I remember one time when I was younger, I wanted a typewriter. I wanted a typewriter so I can start typing my book and all that stuff. And I didn't have the bread. I was younger, but I said, I'm going to save up the money to get this bread. And I, I wasn't making a lot of money or whatever the case may be. But this this typewriter, this particular typewriter, I believe it was like $400. It was like $400. It was a Smith and Corona, a Smith and Corona typewriter. It was a bad typewriter too. But anyway, I wanted this typewriter because I wanted to do my book. And I saved my money. I saved my money. Whatever little money I got, I saved it. and I And I got that typewriter. And I got and I finished my book. You dig what I'm saying? So anything you want, you can apply yourself and you can get it. If you apply positive energy to anything, it's going to make it better. It's going to bring something positive out of the ordeal. If you apply negative energy to something positive, it's going to bring something negative out of the deal. Like I just gave the example of an individual hitting the lottery. Hitting the lottery. And you and then when the blessing came, you hit it was unexpected or whatever the kids be. And you hit instead of exclaiming and being grateful or being being you know what I'm saying being grateful that that a blessing was bestowed upon you. You act like, oh, it's supposed to be for you. And you show little regard to it. So ungratefulness will get you blessings, get blessings stripped from you. It may be people right in your life that can change your life, but because you're so negative, it would never, it would never materialize into you. It would never materialize into you coming up because you may have a, a, a negative. I'm going to give you a prime example. You may have a negative outlook on things, right? But you may have a friend 
that may have a positive outlook on things. And this friend may be rubbing elbows with somebody that can get you to the next level. Now, here it is, is your friend can get you to that, that, that connect you to the person you need to connect to to get you to the next level. But that connection will never happen because of your energy. Because no one is going to put that risk. No one's going to no one's going to risk themselves because people make they make uh, what you want to call it. Uh, they, they get the assessment of who you are as an individual. If you if you continually be arrogant, negative, belligerent, people will start to know you as those things. Those characteristics will become attached to you. So when it comes to somebody looking out for you somebody saying yo i know somebody like you can be you can be a drawer you can you can your artwork can be beautiful or whatever kids be but you got a shitty attitude nobody gonna put their reputation on the line to hook you up with something that you might just gonna and they and they had think that you're just gonna squander it anyway that's why it, it, it matters to keep a positive outlook on things to keep a positive outlook on things you never know. Life has a way of teaching you things. Life has a way of teaching you things. One humbling thing that, and I'll explain this to this guys. I mean, I'll explain this to you guys. Is one time, right? I knew this individual. And we were, you know what I'm saying? Me and this individual, you know, we were acquaintances or whatever the case may be. We was we was acquaintances. And at one point in time, I had I had the ability, like say for instance, I was a supervisor. I was a supervisor, and this individual, you know, he he wasn't doing his job to the to 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 the best of his ability, right? He wasn't doing his job, but he was going through some things at the time. But instead of me having some understanding with him, I fire him. This is just hypothetical. I'm just giving you a scenario so you guys can put the pieces together. So, in essence, I fire the guy as a story. I'm, you know what I'm saying it's not a real story, but it's, it's real in the content. The content is real, but I'm just changing the scenario. So, this guy, I fire the guy. Now, I see the guy. Maybe six years later, after I fired him, I embarrassed him and I fired him. Like he wasn't on his job, and I was like, "Yo, man, we're not gonna have this." You know what I mean? You you you're not up to par right now. You you're not getting your hours in. You you're slacking. You you're taking too many um um lunch breaks and smoke breaks. You gotta go. So I fire him. And this is when I was young. I think I got it all figured out. I know what I'm talking about, yeah. And uh, I see the man six years later. Do you know, at this time, I was down and out. I I wasn't working at the time. And I roll up on this guy at, it was like a job, it was like a job, like expo or whatever, you know, you go there to get jobs and stuff, like fill out applications and things of that nature. So I seen him or actually he seen me. He seen me and he was like, he's like, hey, what's going on? 
know what I'm saying? Now, mind you, I fired this dude. I fired this dude. But he was like, yeah, what's going on? I'm like, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? He's like, yo, you still doing the cooking? I was like, yeah, I'm still doing the cooking, bro. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get a gig right now. I'm trying to get a gig. I'm trying to get a gig right now. So he was like, so he was like, uh, he's like, yo, man, I know someone. He's like, I know someone who needs somebody. They need a chef. So let me get your number. He was like, yo, let me get your number. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give him a call and I'm going to give you his number. You guys, please excuse my background. I'm in Brooklyn. They, you know what I'm saying? They doing like the roller derby outside right now. So you can hear all the motorbikes and all that crazy nonsense. But in any event, he calls me. He calls me later on. Well, he calls the guy. The guy calls me later on and he's like, yo, look, yeah, we got a position, blah, blah, blah. This guy speaks highly of you. Come in for an interview. I come in for an interview and I get the job. I land the job. Now, I say that to say this, like it was a it was an experience that it humbled me because at the time I was young. I was arrogant. I was in a position where I could have been a little more understanding I could have been a little bit more understanding and gave him a pass, but I didn't. And I did that in my, in my arrogance and in my ignorance. And then six years later, this is the same individual that landed me an opportunity that that opportunity landed me other opportunities and so forth and so on. So you got to always keep a positive outlook and take it from me. Like, you know, I, I just I just recently, not too long ago, um, reached my 40s. So when you reach that age of 40, I'm going to say that particular age of 40, you reach that, that age of maturation where you start to see things a little bit differently. If you read of scripture and things of that nature and you study scripture, you notice that all of the prophets that they speak about, all of them became prophets when they became 40. Like Moses, Moses became a prophet at the age of 40. Muhammad became a prophet at the age of 40. You know, that age of 40, it, it surfaces, it keeps surfacing, you know? So you, when you turn 40, you reach a certain type of enlightenment. You reach a certain type of understanding in yourself that you start to see things a little more clearer. So I always talk about the, the hastiness of the youth. The hastiness of the youth and when you're so young you're always hasty to do things because you think you got things figured out and sometimes you got to sit back sometimes you got to be still and listen sometimes it's not about what you think sometimes you got to see someone else's perspective and when you see that perspective it can enlighten you it can enlighten you to the point where you can say, wow, I can I, I done reach I done reach three, four, five levels over of what I would have reached if I didn't understand this lesson or this principle. So we really definitely, definitely need to think about our energy. 
and having a positive outlook on things because truth is truth. It's never personal. It's never personal. It's going to be what it's going to be. And the more that you're able to deal with the truth as it is, the more better you'll be as a human being. The more better you'll be at navigating and navigating around certain situations. You know? So that piece, man, that piece from my brother, from our brother Mums, man. That was a profound piece, man. Profound piece. The takeaway was so, I mean, so profound, man. The takeaway is so many different takeaways you can take away from, from those poems that that we heard from the brother. So I definitely want to hear you guys. I want to hear you guys. I want to hear your comments. I want to know what you thought about the poems. I want to know how those poems make you feel. How can you apply something that you heard in those poems into your life? Because action without knowledge is what? Is insanity or or vanity. Action without knowledge is vanity. And knowledge without action is insanity. So let us be sane and not vain. You dig what I'm saying? I want to urge you guys to hit me up at spoken soul sessions at gmail.com. Like I like I played in the beginning um earlier in the show that I do have a promotion code over at Inner Child Press. If you guys are looking to publish your books, your chat book, your your novels, any type of literature that you're trying to get out to the world, uh, you can go over to Inner Child Press and them guys will do you right. Use a promo code spoken soul soul is spelled s-o-l so use the promo code spoken soul and you will get 10 percent off any one of the packages that they offer and they have packages ranging from four hundred dollars all the way up to four thousand dollars very comprehensive packages so if you guys are looking to get your work out there i know bill he does great work you know he really cares he really cares and he want to get as many poets in print as possible. So you guys go out there and y'all take advantage of that 10% discount. So I think we should close the show. We should close the show with another piece from our brother, Mums. I'm going to play this final piece from the brother. And this piece right here is called Brooklyn Brooklyn Queen Let's get into it Give it up for mom She walks in slow Sultry Her sexy An ocean of overwhelming power And calm She, she slithers hard Catches my head quick, if just for seconds. Her sections, honeysuckle, look just as sweet as that sounds. So I step to her. So what's up, sweetheart? Um, um, you know what I mean? My name is Mums and shit, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I, I want you, I can buy you a thug passion and some shit. What, what? Oh, why, oh, why you gotta play me? And I circle New York on her line that take me to her special places that keep me fed. 
She makes for pleasant pictures in my head. Quaint ideas of how pretty roses might sound like play faint in my ear. I want to make for all the world to hear. She, fondula of the strings of the harp to hawk the things that spark my interest. I'm entrusting she with the pieces of me that put wings on my imagination. I wait patient. But thought hurt. Fingers pain from having a ready trigger for a steady, unforgiving world. That feed a nigga would do a die thoughts. I'm so fucking Brooklyn sometimes, you know? <laughs> and she is queen. And she reads a book to me. Yes, she reads a book to me about a man's invisibility. Yes, about a man's invisibility. But to her, I am visible and perceived with vision. She feels within me the rhythm, revisiting the tone the ancestors took towards survival. The resiliency revival put down sweet over a beat to a mic. She see it all in me from just right over the bridge. She see it all in me from just right over the bridge. And she stay reminding me of my style. And I want to take her to the Bronx. Lay with her up underneath the magnolia tree. Whisper my entire book of rhymes in her ear. And she'll spit. And, and, and I'll do the beatbox. And the, and the ancestors let the beat drop like fire jumping from the sun, summoning the set like how Cedar Park baguette. We will bear witness to one and twos plugged in the trees, plugged into the center of the earth, the excelment of the breath of God, hard in the air like the truth, traveling big beat up underneath the spit of run. We will drip diamonds of rhymes that pluck on them universal threads. Ra came and swung off everything, even the string of hearts and the beat of our hearts. And the juice that we drip is enough to go around. And the spit that we spew puts purposes on a pound. Bring a, bring a calm to Gun Hill Road. Bring music to Murder Ave. But my gun's still close, though. Now we just spit flowers. To our brother, Craig Mums Grant. Rest in peace, King. We love you. <laughs>